0: Welcome to Start With a Win, where we give you the tools and lessons you need to create business and personal success. Are you ready? Let's do this.
1: And coming to you from Brand Viva Media headquarters, it's Adam Contos with Start With a Win. Producer Mark, we got some good energy going here. Oh, yeah. I'm feeling good. Oh, right on. It's it I mean it's
0: Monday. That's right. It's Monday in our world here today, even though you might be listening to this on on, Wednesday. on a Wednesday. That's yes. right. And I live every day like it's Friday. So, you know, it doesn't matter which day it is.
1: Awesome. I I love it. Hey, what do you get when you have two
0: atoms together? <laughs> and you get a great podcast. Yeah, you get a molecule. Oh, good one. Oh, bam. <laughs> I don't know if it's a a good dad (laughs) joke, but, you know, (laughs) this is going to be an awesome Adam interview here. That's right. Speaking of Adam, we have Adam Hill on the podcast today. Adam is the CEO of a fourth generation family business and has led his hundred year old company through economic change, cultural change, and leadership change on the path to long-term sustainability. Adam has also been passionate about helping people overcome anxiety and fear. After overcoming more than a decade of alcoholism and unhealthy life habits, he reframed his inner fear and anxiety disorder and transformed it into a superpower, becoming an elite long-distance triathlete and qualifying for the Ironman World Championship. Today, he is a highly sought-after international speaker and the Amazon best-selling author of Shifting Gears: From Anxiety and Addiction to Triathlon World Championship. Adam, welcome to Start with a Win. Welcome, Adam.
2: Thanks, guys. Thanks, Adam. Thanks, Mark. It's uh, yeah, super easy to have two Adams on this on this show. So thanks for have- thanks for being an Adam.
1: <laughs> <laughs> I love it. The only other name we need to remember
0: is Mark. today. That's right. That's, That's right. right, Mark. You can remember that one. It's pretty easy because you know. <laughs> <laughs> awesome. Hey, this is um,
1: I, I love this. The, you know the story. I you know obviously you you hit some low points in your life, things of that nature. But ultimately, you know, we're talking about leading yourself, leading others leading a lifestyle and, and picking a path that is productive in doing so. Take us through a little bit, your, your CEO life and, and your life yourself. How did you get from where you were before to where you are now?
2: Yeah, it's a, it's a long gap. And, you know, I wasn't, when I was in my, when I was living in my anxiety and and drinking, which is how I coped with my anxiety, I coped with alcohol and that led to problems. I mean, I wasn't a leader at that time. I mean, you can't be a leader and and serve that kind of God, right? uh, so it took a lot of healing, a lot of recovery to get to a point where I could start to empower myself and become a leader within the organization that I'm in. It was a lot it was so it was a, it was a big trouble,
1: well, let me unpack that for a second. So you were using alcohol to fight anxiety. What is, it, it seems like that's like a societal norm where people are like, I'm stressed out, I need a drink. How did we get to that point for crying out loud? I mean, what, what do you? what is your, obviously, you know, there's a hyster- history and all this other stuff. And then you've got other pressures that people have. But, you know, if you met somebody and they're like, I'm stressed out, I need a drink, what would you say to them?
2: Well, for most people, for many people that might not be a problem. And, you know, I don't want to judge people who are, who are drinking to, to ease some tension or anything like that. For me, it's a real problem. Like I take one drink and I just go down a rabbit hole of I can't stop. And that's, that was something that developed over, over a decade. But, you know, with, when people do say that, when, you know, there they're, they're may, I, I would invite them to self-reflect on, you know, well, what's bringing them to that because we are in a society, right, where we're just overstimulated by everything. Everything is in our faces, social media, news, all of this stuff. We're not evolutionary, evolutionarily conditioned to experience this much stimulus and to experience this much uh, stuff. So yeah, maybe it's not necessarily needing a drink, but maybe just taking a break, putting the phone in the cabinet and walking right. outside and just... Taking a breath.
1: Well, and obviously, anxiety is not decreasing at this point in no. people's world. No, absolutely not. You, you go to I, and you you look back. You go like to 2019. You're like, whoa, the world was such a better place before the pandemic, or something like that. And really, it wasn't. <laughs> there are a lot of people that they faced horrible addictions and and tons of anxiety and, and mental health and everything else at that point. Also, we've just continued to do this pile on situation where we add and add and add, and everybody's you know they either have an addiction that kicks in or, or look for escape or whatever it might be who knows but um but we have to have i I think we we have and we have to have a greater awareness of this as business leaders it used to be a stigma where you're like oh my gosh that person you know suffers from alcoholism or instead of saying suffering from alcoholism they were they were labeled an alcoholic or something like that but the reality is you know you've got you have An illness there, a disease that people are battling, and we need to recognize it and be able to peel back that wrapper and help people. So let's just kind of attack anxiety from this perspective. And it's a problem for many people, uh, but I, I like your view of it. You consider it a superpower. And I, th- I think if you consider it a superpower, you charge towards it instead of try to hide from it or cover it up with, or you know, you develop an addiction that you assign to it or something like that. You know, how do you explain anxiety being a superpower? Help us with that.
2: Absolutely, yeah. It it, it, it took me a while to to come to that realization because fear for me and fear and anxiety they're they're cousins. They're not they're not the same thing. Right. Right. Anxiety is more of the unknown, but fear is more pointed towards something that is specific, but you know, for, for me, when I, when I was growing up, anxiety or my fears were just so much bigger than me. They were just so big. And I was looking at them and I couldn't get a good picture of what it was, but it was just, it was always there and it was causing me pain. And I just wanted to get rid of it. And so that's why I led into drinking because drinking gave me this outlet to just say, to eliminate it right away. As soon as I took that drink, it was just like, no, I got you. Alcohol, you know, says, I got you. But when I started to heal, when I got sober, I realized that that was the healing part. There's two types of psychology, right? There's the negative psychology and the positive psychology. And I hate those terms because it makes it sound bad, but I would call it just healing and empowerment. And that was the healing stage. That's where I rose from this big monster of fear facing me to, I rose to the level of my fear. That's where I faced it. That's where I healed. That's where I learned that I will never get over this thing called anxiety. I will never, I'll never be able to suppress it or push it out. It's going to be with me. And so now what can I do to, to turn it into a friend, to turn it into something that helps me? And, you know, fear is there to help us. Fear actually tells us good things. It's not bad or good. It just tells us something. And it's how we listen to it that, that how we appreciate it. So when we can rise above our fears, because so that's the next day after we face, rise to face it, we rise above it. And when we rise above it, we have a new perspective on fear where we can look at the whole picture and say, you know, how can I benefit from this? What is it telling me? And should, is it telling me that I should, is it challenging me? Or is it telling me you should probably avoid this? Because many times fear is telling us the right thing. Like, yeah, you should probably be careful or tread lightly. But a lot of times it's challenging us. It's saying, hey, you see that thing? See how it's making you feel? Maybe you should lean into that. And that's how, you know, you can kind of change your perspective. And that's how it becomes a superpower is it's challenging you to push yourself a little bit past your comfort zone.
1: I, I like that. And I mean, I I tell a story in my book, Start With a Win, called Party With the Beast. And the beast is is that fear, doubt, and overwhelm that we all have inside of us. It, it comes back to, you know, you look at the, um, the Pixar movie of Monsters, Inc. Um, you know, it's the monster under the bed or the monster in the closet, and you can be afraid of it or you can party with it. And that's where you come with Party with the Beast. And that was a story that I was taught by a uh, an amazing man who was an incredible SWAT commander. I used to run a SWAT team. And there's a beast behind every door when you're about to, to make an entry as a SWAT officer. You know, there's could be gunfire. There's a great deal of danger. That's, you know, actual true danger. That's for sure. But are you going to let that stop you from doing your job and, and moving forward to Party with the Beast? So, um, it's it's fascinating when you take and you overlay this with leadership though. And this is something I want to dive into because uh, this podcast is about, you know, being better for ourselves and being better for our businesses. And that's what we're talking about here is taking an internal challenge and overlaying that with a business opportunity here of leaders dealing with fear and anxiety. How did your anxiety and fear impact your leadership and how did you overcome these things in leadership?
2: Yeah, it's, it's, that's a, it's, it's something that affected me tremendously when I first started out as the, the leader of this company or the CEO of this company, because I, you know, I'm a young guy and, and we always tend to look at the limitations or the perceived limitations that we had. So I was 38 when I took over the company. You know, and it's an old school company. It's, it's a company that's, that's got a lot of, you know, it's a chemical company. So it's, it has a lot of, of that old school mentality. And so having to overcome a lot of that was, was difficult. Having to find my voice, find that courage, really discover my vision. It took a lot of patience. It took a lot of, you know, and it took many years. And the one thing that I didn't want to do at that beginning stage was try to force my way into, you know, any level of respect or, or anything like that. I just wanted to be patient and listen and, and open my ears and, and figure out what was happening. So that, that was kind of the, the approach I took, and, but it certainly wasn't without fear. I mean, there was a lot of that running through my head. As I said earlier, it's something that stays with me, but I had to learn to dance with it, as my business coach would say. And, uh, and, and it was a long process, but it eventually kind of caught my own and I became part of that. That team and that leadership.
1: How did the fear and anxiety impact your business itself? I mean, it's for those people experiencing it. You don't understand that it it is actually something you wear on your sleeve that a lot of people can see and sense. If they don't see and sense it, they're probably in the middle of it themselves. And and then they kind of feed on it, I guess you could say. But but ultimately it it does have an adverse impact on how you treat your employees, how your leadership carries itself. Really true, your transparency in your organization. What happened to your business when you started to have a very good understanding of that and develop ways to harness that as that superpower? Did you did you see improvements or did you see people change? Or I mean what what happened?
2: Yeah, I think I think I absolutely did because it, it just It it turned into something where, you know, uncertainty was was the guide on the negative part of that anxiety. So getting more certainty and building more certainty in the business in terms of, you know, what are our expectations? What really is our vision? How do we know that we're going in the right direction? Because when we have those measurables, when we have that level of clarity in front of us, then, you know, the anxiety is is it may still be there, but at least you have the certainty of knowing, look, we're meeting this or we're not meeting this. This is what we have to do. So Difficult conversations are, are simpler to have. They're easier to have in that, in that instance. And that's really what I was afraid most of starting out was having those difficult conversations with people, as many of us are, maybe afraid of confrontation. But finding that voice, finding that clarity made that easier. And we're still going through a lot of that process of, of trying to, you know, get up, get our true direction. But we're getting to that point. We're seeing that, that evidence. And now everyone's starting to get aligned. And when everyone gets aligned, especially on the leadership team, that's when you start to make progress and you start to really transcend the fears together and hopefully show everyone else the same thing.
1: I want to double click on this for a second because I have a question for our listeners. So many of them are business leaders, entrepreneurs. And if you're not, you, you, know, you lead yourself. So let's, let's call you a leader for all intents and purposes here but the question I have for you is do you have that trouble with those difficult conversations because that could be um a you know a window into your heart and soul when it comes to your anxiety and fear meaning essentially you're you're fighting against that clarity that certainty that Adam's talking about here that confidence in your leadership and if you you have that anxiety. Think about that. How can we, um, how can we, essentially party with the beast here? How can we accept that and just move forward with those? Because I can tell you one thing: those difficult conversations are not going to be easy. But when you put them in the rearview mirror, meaning you've had them, they become experience, and that experience lowers that anxiety and that fear for the next time. It's, it's interesting. You know, Adam is a an Ironman triathlete. I'm sure your first time you've ever done that was extraordinarily scary, difficult, overwhelming, things like that. You're like, oh my gosh. But you, you know, obviously you trained for it. You just didn't go, oh, I think I'll go do this today. But business leaders train for this. And I don't want to ask you, Adam, how do we, how can we help our business leaders train for dealing with the fear and anxiety?
2: Yeah, that's a, and you made a really great, you know, point there that, that, you know, when, when we're having those difficult conversations, you know, how are, it, it, it kind of pushes us past that because I, I couldn't agree more that when we, we, we have that anxiety about these conversations because we don't know what's going to happen. We don't know what's going to happen in those difficult conversations. The biggest fear is, oh, we're going to get punched in the face or somebody's going to throw us out or the board of directors is going to oust us from the business. But you know, are those things really going to happen if we really think those through just having that conversation? And I will tell you when you have the difficult conversations, when you have them with compassion, and care and you build clarity and and the goal is this alignment toward building clarity, you're going to feel much better. That sense of relief that comes after having that conversation is going to be really, really good. So, so yeah, I would, I, I, that's what I would say to any, you know, and anybody trying to have that, that those difficult conversations. Um, and then, yeah, so I guess the following part, the follow-up part to that was, uh, what was the follow-up to that question? How do I train for that? Yeah. 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 So the training is is difficult because really it's through experience. You have, uh, you have to push yourself beyond your comfort zone, meaning you have to experience the fear. You have to analyze the fear without judgment and then just say, what is this fear trying to tell me? And then push beyond it. And the important part is don't throw yourself way, way out beyond your comfort zone. Just 5%. Just 5% beyond your comfort zone is enough to make it interesting, to help you grow, but not not so much that you're going to overwhelm yourself. So, you know, I, I would train yourself by, you know, approaching those conversations, approaching those activities with compassion, care, and the goal of, you know, wanting to, wanting to grow from it. Not thinking of confrontation as a bad thing.
1: Right. So you've got people that, and this is, a, this is an interesting mindset shift. I want to double click on here. You've got people who fight that, that tension I mean, tension is good. There, you know, rubber band is designed to be under tension. A spring is designed to be under tension. We're designed to grow through tension, which means, like what you just said, getting out of that comfort zone—the cliche that we all hear—and a lot of people say it, they don't do it. But ultimately, we have to continue to push ourselves. And I love your five percent better piece. It's it's fascinating. People reflect on yourself, think about it, but. Don't get defensive. The difference here is accepting and being excited about it versus being defensive about it. Because when we're defensive about it, we fight it. When we're excited about it, we grow with it. And it's the same thing. I mean, they're just it's the same situation we're in. Some people's like, defensive? As soon as you're defensive, you're going to start losing. As soon as you're excited, you're going to start winning. You just have to understand, either way, it's going to take that growth in in the process. And frankly, defensive hurts more than excited. I'll just say that. uh, So, I mean, it's. Yeah, uh, absolutely. (laughs) But I want to dive into the book here uh, Shifting Gears from Anxiety to an Addiction to a Triathlon World Championship. Um, Tell us about your journey briefly from, you know, the anxiety and addiction to where you became that champion and how did you get there?
2: Yeah. So, uh, I, as I mentioned, I grew up with an anxiety disorder. So, and, and when I grew up with the anxiety disorder, we didn't really talk about anxiety disorders. We didn't know what those were. We didn't talk about that. I just, I was just considered a worry war, you know, I didn't want to, I, I tried to play sports and I quit sports because I didn't like, I was afraid of getting hit, those kinds of things. But as I, as I grew up, as I mentioned, I started to, that, that anxiety started to overflow in my in my mind and it became so overpowering it became panic attacks it became things then and not knowing what it was i didn't want to talk to anyone about it because i felt like i was just crazy like everyone would think i was crazy and i knew i was crazy but and so i used alcohol to suppress it because i immediately found the first time i tried it it you know pushed out down that you know fast forward the first time i saw the iron man world championship on television i I saw all of these seemingly normal people, you know, doing this amazing race and, and all through the landscape of, of Hawaii. It was on the NBC broadcast on a Saturday morning. They were racing through, you know, swimming 2.4 miles, biking 112, running 26.2. And I was watching these people finish with these smiles on their faces. And I was thinking to myself, man, I would love to do that. And that, that, that moment stuck with me because it was such a powerful, like that would be so great such a powerful draw. And then the second that that popped up, the same, that fear popped up too. So it was fear and excitement both popping up, but the fear overpowered it. And the fear just said, "Now you can't do that. You're not one of those people. You can never, ever do that. And so I, you know, cracked another beer, went on and uh, feeling sorry for myself. And for the next many years, that was my life going through that, that same ritual. But with a year of sobriety, And I'm cutting a lot out here and there's a whole lot of healing there, but with the year sobriety, I had done something that I never thought was possible. I got sober. I never thought that I could get sober and, you know, manage my anxiety in such a way. And with that, with that mindset shift, I was looking for another physical challenge now because I, I spiritually and, and mentally healed, but I was still physically in a bad place. And so I, that, that, created the environment for that thought to come into my head again, that Iron you know, and I was and so the fear and the excitement both popped up again in equal measure. And, you know, it it gave up this reflexive like, oh crap. And I call that the old crap factor. You know, I don't call it that. I call it something else. And I don't want to, you know, say it, but <laughs> the old crap factor, you know, where it's like, you know, you get that equal measure of fear and excitement. Right. The fear didn't overpower it this time though, because I had a shifted mindset. And so I thought I entertained it and I said maybe I should. And that kind of got the snowball rolling. And I never swam, you know, more than 25 yards in a pool. I'd surfed, but I never really swam in any organized way. Never even owned a road bike, but I signed up for an Ironman to happen a year later. And that started my journey toward eventually qualifying four years later for the Ironman world championship.
1: Wow. Incredible. And that's
2: what the book is about. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs>
1: What a journey. I mean, I, I d- kudos to you for doing that, man. I mean, it's that is uh, to throw that, that the hag as you know, the big, hairy, audacious goal out there, like we like to say it. You're like, oh, I think I'm gonna go do the Iron Man, bam! I don't even have a bike, you know, that type of thing. I, I, who knows if you even had running shoes and and I mean, you know, can't swim across the pool, but. Good for you! It's it. It goes to show you you can do anything you put your mind to, and uh, I'll I'll tell you what that is, very very inspirational. Everybody, make sure you check out Adam at Adam Hill Tri. That's Adam Hill H I L L T R I to find out more about his book Shifting Gears, and this is a, a great story. Adam, you've done so much both personally, and kudos to you for you know your recovery and battling addiction and becoming a champion, as well as a great CEO. You're doing a fantastic job. I have a question for you that I ask all of our amazing guests on the show, and that's how do you start your day with a win?
2: Oh, I start my day every single morning with a two-hour ritual that begins with Wim Hof breathing and reading, empowerment, making sure my, and a cold shower. Those are the things that I do in the morning first thing. Yep.
1: Awesome awesome adam hill uh by the way i think your middle name is c something right adam c hill? yeah clifford clifford uh, yep. adam, all right which adam chill
2: <laughs> that's i was
1: just gonna say that uh, adam's on linkedin at adam chill which i think is really cool so anyhow uh make sure you check out adam check out his book adam is also a keynote speaker and uh does a lot for the community and, and businesses out there adam thank you for
0: being on start with a win
2: thank you it was a pleasure
0: Hey, and thank you for listening to Start With a Win. Remember to head over to Adamcontos.com, find out more great information, what's going on, social content, and great downloads to help you become a better leader. And until next time, remember, start with a win.